Good morning, disciples. In the time I've been with you, I've been the catechism and um, taking to mind uh, the scripture today where Jesus says, I have much more to tell you, but you can't bear it now. I thought I would go in a different direction <laughs> this Holy Trinity Sunday. And, uh, um, but first, uh, I must address the first and second readings before I go into the the wisdom of God. Um, but for us Christians, as we look on the Old Testament, this was the very inkling of the revelation of the Holy Spirit. Proverbs is actually referring to the Holy Spirit. And um, in the Old Testament, a lot of times they, pers- you know, they uh, turn things intelligent wisdom and, and they personify it by using his, her. Um, but in our reading today, we hear about what we understand to know as the Holy Spirit. And Proverbs tell us then uh, that wisdom, which is the Holy Spirit, has been there always from all time. But go back and read it again and hear about what the Holy Spirit was doing. The Holy Spirit was playing on the face of the earth like a child. And then we hear the Holy Spirit, who is the third person of the Trinity, say, I take such delight in the human race. And this is the same echo of the Father. And we know the Son tells us the same. So it's a beautiful reading and understanding. In our second reading, uh, Paul is telling us Christ made it possible for us to have a relationship um, with the Lord God. To be, um, and he said, in all things we have hope. Um, And even in times of trial, Paul and Paul knew trial, and you know, they were constantly beating him up, throwing him into prison, threatening his life. And he said, in all things, um, I have joy. Uh, and this is what sustains me. And the Holy Spirit helps us to recognize um, God's love for us and um, that we have been invited into that relationship um, with God. And my friends, um, this past week, our school children... Um, we had their, they had their final week for the year, and now they're on vacation. And they're all excited and ready to roll. Uh, and very good, as the teachers were. Um, and uh, so the week was filled with them kind of frolicking. <laughs> you, know, and the, you know, they didn't really have any. They had class, but not really class. <laughs> but um, I had a, as usually can happen, I had a very interesting conversation with one of the children. And... Um, and he said, tell me about God. You know, of course, the first thing I thought of was their parents put them up to this. Tell me about God. So I used, you know, all kinds of adjectives. Wise and powerful and loving and merciful. Uh, and the child, okay. And then the child said, is God happy? <laughs> and I knew the parent put them up to it. <laughs> and I said, well... I would think so, and knowing that I'm talking to a child, I'm like, I would think so. Um, one, because God doesn't have to deal with traffic on I-5. And, uh, um, and I said, and, and um, God doesn't have to stand in line for anything. I said, you know what it's like to stand in line for the lunch, right? And, and I said, and, um, and I said, and most certainly because God doesn't have to pay taxes. <laughs> and the child just looked at me. And then the child asked if God 
was lonely? A fair question, considering how Old Testament presents God to us. I know the child did not know that, but um, I did. And um, you see, the chosen people, the Israelites, um, they were surrounded in their time by Mexico. They, um, we know about the Aztecs. The Aztecs had gods for everything. The god of corn, the god of water, the god of sun, the god of the moon, the god of this, the god of that. And they all hung out together. <laughs> they were all buddies. But not so with the Israelites. They were told that there was only one God. And to them, God revealed himself as the one true Lord, the God of all things, of all creation. And how blessed were they to know uh, this God. But yet, because of this, um, even though God revealed to them, I am your Lord God, and there is no other but me. So you can understand then is God lonely? And uh, in this, we can perhaps think, well, God must be very distant, and uh, God is probably very aloof. And then in that, is he lonely in his majesty? But then in come Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, the only begotten one. And Jesus revealed to the world a very full picture of God. By becoming incarnate and entering into our human history, the Son of God, the only begotten one, showed us that God is in fact a father because he says, I am his son. He is my father. Right there alone is one statement. God is parent. He is father. So the God that the Israelites know possessed all things, all of life, and he shared that life then with another, his divine son. Ah, then comes uniting them, father and son, in an eternal bond of perfect love is the Holy Spirit. The third divine person, he, not it, some people sometimes refer because of all the bird images we have. Him. So I told the child, God is not alone. He is not lonely. He lives an absolute splendid life of mutual love and of unity. God's happiness is that, as Jesus revealed, they are a family. They are relationship, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And my friends, when I gaze upon parents holding their infant lovingly, as the deacon did baptisms yesterday, and watched the face of the mom and dad as their child is to be baptized, and could sense their elation and their happiness. As parents, then I know that God is happy because he is a parent. He is a father. When one observes fathers and mothers with their eyes filled with joy, when their child is about to receive first Eucharist, 
yeah, and there's a whole bunch of other things, the party and all the gifts. But in this house, when I watched the face of the parents look at their child receive the Eucharist for the first time with such joy, God who is a parent, a father, then I know he is happy also. And when parents boast proudly of their child who has just graduated, <laughs> and with honors, <laughs> that's one parent put it, I know that God is happy, for he is a parent also, a father. Now, my friends, of course, when children are still young, they believe their parents can do anything and that they are without fault. Then they learn that their parents are, as the saying goes, only human and have their faults. I think your parents heard that a lot hmm, from your child. And then parents find it very challenging when their children struggle during their teenage years and adolescent years. And parents can even discover that children can break their heart. For they are only human. And this shouldn't surprise us. But this is where it changes for God. For he is perfect. The love in which the person of the Holy Spirit unites the Father and the Son is a never-ending and never-failing relationship of perfect love, of perfect devotion, of perfect unity. We know this because... God the Father himself has said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Very proud Father. <laughs> As the Son has revealed to the world, God is not far removed from us then. And through his Son, he draws us into this happy life of theirs. And thus, in this world, you and I, as his disciples, should never really feel alone because we belong to that family. We are privileged to share Jesus' relationship to his Father. The Sunday we, the church, celebrate the solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity. It is the reality of a happy God whose life and love we are able to share in and to be part of. And we must come to understand and believe this because until you do, God will always seem remote from you. God may even appear unfriendly and uncaring and even unhappy. One God, three persons. A God that is with us and in us, according to the very words of his Son, and yet is utterly beyond our understanding. This is the great mystery, but it is a great mystery of love. In the end, the mystery of the Most Holy Trinity is not something to argue about and not something just to entertain intellectually like I have done for many years. It is something to pray about and then to experience. You are to experience the Holy Trinity. You are to experience the Father. You are to experience the Son. You are to experience the Holy Spirit. The Christian lives in a world of the Holy Trinity. 
This world is not, um, the world of the Holy Trinity is not somewhere far off in some universe somewhere else. It's the same world of the everyday, here and now, which each of you live in, where God manifests himself to us. And yes, finally in the end, I told that child that God is very much happy. And then I prayed the child would have no more questions for me. Because <laughs> I was all out of answers. <laughs> the Blessed Trinity is the principal truth of our faith. Catechism 234. There are three persons in one God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not three gods, but one God. Not a hierarchy of gods, but three co-equal in absolute unity. Each of the three persons possess the same divine essence. Catechism 253. Each is distinct from the other. However, without division, united in all things, especially in love.